0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow.
1: And I'm Alex Gons.
0: And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how much room for error do you have in your financial plan or financial portfolio?
1: And this is going to be an interesting conversation because so many people misconstrue or misunderstand what we're talking about and what we mean when we say room for error. So before we dive into that, Alex, what are we drinking today? I am excited because Russian River is now back in Washington. We are drinking Intinction, which is a sour. Uh, I know not your favorite thing, but uh, it's a Russian River sour, clocks in at 7%. There really aren't any IBUs to speak of because it's, it's a sour.
0: The sours are uh, not my favorite. And by not my favorite is, I don't know that I've found one that I actually like. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Mr. Uh, sour King over there. What uh, What's your thoughts on
1: it? Uh, so this is, it's a Pilsner with uh, Savignon Sauvignon Blanc uh, grapes aged in a, a save Blanc uh, barrel. This is, it's, there's not a ton of sour to it, but this is just an excellently balanced beer. Um, I'm a huge fan of basically all of the Russian River sours. Um, this has got a, a real kind of like red it's, – it's, it's, it's a red tint to it. Um, it's got quite a lot of carbonation um, and it, this is just a delicious beer.
0: Yeah, Russian River makes makes solid beer, no doubt about that. So if and now they're back in Washington, which is even even more better. So if you have not tried them out, try out their beers in general. And for this one, again, it's a sour called Int- Intinction, uh, and if you are a sour fan, uh, Alex says you will like that one.
1: Uh, I'm giving this a nine out of ten.
0: Nine out of ten. There you go. So let, let's dive into the topic here, Alex. This is. I think when you and I are having conversations with with our clients and initially we're talking about like, okay, you know, when we hear room for error, I think initially people just think of emergency funds and then they think, and then they think less rate of return on their money.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they, I think sometimes they think about it or misconstrue it as being conservative. Yep. And That's one way that you could build in margin for error if you wanted to, but it doesn't have to be that. Um, There are really kind of a couple different ways that you can build in margin for error. You can, uh, ultimately you can make the income that you receive guaranteed either partially or completely and that's going to create more room for error. You can take some risk off the table, which is going to create, more room for error, uh, or sorry, uh, more room for error. Although to a certain extent, it also increases the the or decreases the room for error because now you're you're typically getting less of a rate of return by taking a more conservative approach, um, and that means that you are that you have less room to not hit the number that you're expecting. Um, but ultimately what we mean by margin for error is increasing the likelihood of success. Yeah, there's there's
0: conservatism or being conservative which, you know, that's kind of avoiding risk which is the the lesser rate of return which that you were just speaking into. And then there's the margin of safety aspect that you ended on is, you know, how do we raise The odds of success? Like, what are the odds of, okay, if I don't get X return, will I still succeed? Right. So that's the room for error that we're talking about. And too often when you and I are sitting down with someone, their financial plan, frankly, is I'm dumping a bunch of money into my retirement plan. And by a a bunch of money, I mean like whatever they're putting in, right? In their minds, it's a bunch of money. And really, their plan is, I hope I get a good rate of return on that money. And if they don't get a good rate of return on that money, they may not be set up for financial success in the future. And what I mean by that in the future, I'm not talking about necessarily retirement, although that might be the end result. I'm talking like five years from now, right? Three years from now. Because how many people are like, well, in three to five years, I've got this five-year plan, which always cracks me up, right? I don't know why it always cracks me up, but you know I've got this five-year plan. And in five years, I'm going to have X amount of dollars. I'm going to have X amount of income and I'm going to be living X lifestyle.
1: So the reason why it always cracks us up is because people constantly live in this, in five years, X will occur. And if you think back, What was life like for you five years ago? Oh, drastically different. Is it where, like, are you where you expected to be now compared to where you thought you would be five years ago? I mean, it really depends on what
0: specifically you're talking about. Did I expect to live where I currently live? Yeah, I did. Did I expect our business to be where it's at now and income levels and me spending a month in Hawaii? Like, I expected it, but I didn't really envision it And I'm thankful for that I've got it right now. So it's a drastic difference in lifestyle compared to five years ago. And you'd say the same.
1: Oh, 100%. Like, I I remember, like, boy, it was six and a half years ago, we moved into the house that we're currently living in. And I remember, like, being like, wow, this is like, we're stretching to go ahead and like, get the house and pay the mortgage and things of that nature. Um, And... I also knew from past experience that like it would be dramatically different in three to five years because of changes in income and lifestyle and a bunch of other factors.
0: Yep. And I, I think the lifestyle and everything that you and I are accustomed to now, while don't get, me, get us wrong, like our incomes have gone up, but it's also what we're doing with our money. Both you and I have this room for error that allows Ultimate flexibility and, frankly, ultimate less stress because we are not reliant upon what so many others are relying upon, and, and that is I have to get ten percent rate of return to get this X amount of dollars.
1: A hundred percent, and like we've had some unfortunate events occur outside of outside of our control recently, and uh, my myself and my wife, and. Like one of the things that she was asking the other day was like, hey, do we have the ability to throw significant amounts of money at this issue or significant amounts of uh, cash flow at this issue? And she was somewhat surprised when the answer was yes. And then immediately asked the follow-up question of, okay, well, will this be like selling ourselves down, like short down the road? Like, are we giving up like our retirement or things of that nature? And again, the answer was no. Um, And so like it, it gave room to breathe during an incredibly challenging time.
0: Yeah. This room for air is, it's really, it's several pieces, right? One room for air is, okay, how much of your plan is reliant upon one piece of the plan to be true? Or a specific piece, like the the piece that we keep talking into is, okay, if you don't get 10% rate of return, how does your plan work out? Like if you only got nine or eight, are you set up the way that you want? Like, Would (laughs) your plan still work? Right. The other part of that plan, the room for air that we're talking about here is we don't know what's going to come our way, right? Did we predict COVID to happen? Did we predict Ukraine and Russia to occur? Did we predict personal matters to occur? You know, maybe a family member gets cancer or, or right. Something to Alex's point where maybe you have to give money to a family member, right? Like there's so many different things that could cause your plan to make, maybe not backfire is the wrong term, but maybe c- cause it to halt for a little bit. And if you don't Change, have any room for error,
1: modified, like, yeah, right. I mean-
0: if you don't have any room for error, how do you actually stay
1: on the right path? Well, it, it's it's one of these things where it's like so many people are like, "Hey, am I am I on the right trajectory to be able to like retire in the lifestyle that I want?" And I think that th- and oftentimes we talk about it like you're not asking the right question. Like you're asking Hey, I'm aiming for this. Am I going to hit it? And the question that really should be asked is what all could go wrong over the next 15 to 20 years or or whatever your time horizon is? And will I still be okay? Because inevitably something is going to come up, whether it's the economy, whether it's the stock market, whether it's a specific event to your life, whether it's uh, layoffs with your company, whether it's like whatever it is, something is going to come up. And, and how do we know this? Well, because it consistently and constantly happens, but it's not predictable because it's not the same thing that always occurs. Maybe it's something to do with your house, the roof or the foundation or w- w- like termites or whatever. Sometimes it's, health, cancer, stroke, or some other thing that like jumps up and becomes a big issue. Sometimes it's things that are completely and totally out of our control, mother nature or whatever. It, It really doesn't matter what it is, but we really need to make sure that we've got room for error so that if we, if things don't go as planned that we're, we actually still end up at the place that we're trying to be. Yeah. The
0: the interesting thing is, you know, we hear all the time and it's not that this stuff is is inaccurate. I want to be make sure I state that. Like what I'm about to say is is factually true in terms of if we're, if we're only looking at the, the market, which is what most people are really looking at when it comes to their financial plan is what rate of return are they getting on their money? And over long periods of time, the market does
1: well. It's one of, if not the single greatest tool for wealth building in the history of the world. But over short periods of time, it's a basket case.
0: <laughs> yes. And how like emotionally, how do we, right? We, we're trying to tell ourselves a long, long periods of time, like this is what it does. But in the, sh- in the short period of time. Well, we've got a six or seven or eight percent inflation, which people are arguing what it what it really is and what report they're looking at. We've got Russia invading Ukraine, right? We've got Silicon Valley Bank having issues, right? We're having bank bank runs. We've got, you know, the, the Fed rising interest rates, right? We've got all of these things. It's a basket case right now. It can feel like a basket case. And so you've got to train yourself, oh, but long term. Well how if one of the what if one of those things I just mentioned is affecting your finances right now? Did you
1: build in that plan? <laughs> right? And there's really relatively easy ways to build in some planned redundancy into your plan that allows you to determine where, when, and why, you pull from different sources because we don't know what the future is going to hold, what the issue is that's going to rear its ugly head. And sometimes we're going to want to pull from a market-based source because the market has been going great guns and boy, let's take some chips off the table when we really need them. And other times it's going to be, Hey, let's, not take it out of something that has just dropped 30, 40 percent. So
0: when we're talking about room for error, like things that we've ha- have mentioned in other podcasts, right, other episodes, for one, we talk about having one years of liquidity, right, one years of your of your gross income coming in the door accessible to you. Right. Most people when they hear that they that's a big number to them, and they're like, well, I don't, I don't, what, what about rate of return? And they start bringing that stuff out. That is bringing in room for error. And by the way, we're not saying one year of your income sit, sitting in a savings account, although it might make sense, depending on what your what your job is and the variability of your income. But the fact of the matter is, is building in that type of error. It might be having a higher emergency fund, right? It might be not having all of your money invested in stocks, right? Looking at the entire balance sheet, that's what we're talking about, room for error. And that allows all of your money that is tied to rate of return and is tied to different things that can fluctuate. This room for error allows you to stick to the plan and have a high, a higher chance
1: of being successful. Well, I mean, heck Ryan, let's just look at last year. If the quote unquote room for error was inside of conservative investments inside of like the bond or, or bond aggregate last year, that was down 15%. That's the conservative account that was down roughly 15% last year. At the same time that the stock market or the more aggressive or risky investment was down 18 to 20. Again, depending upon what you're looking at for like markets or rates of return or things of that nature. Either way, when the conservative piece is down 15 and the aggressive piece is down 18 to 20 – we got to have a third option for where dollars are sitting and lying so that the margin of error isn't entirely in opinion-based assets.
0: Yeah. As we've stated already, right. We'll kind of close with this. The more you need something in your plan to be true. Like if there's one aspect of your plan that has to be true, You're setting yourself up for more fragility or for your financial life to be more fragile, which takes us to the question of the day, Alex.
1: Our question today is what is required inside of your financial plan for it to be successful that may or may not be in your control? So head over to beerandmoney.net, and at the
0: top of this page, there's a spot that says contact us, and you can answer that question. Now, you may not want to answer that question, but the point of that question really is for you to really think about, okay, what is your plan and how much of it is out of your control, right? And what's required of that to be successful? If anything bubbled up, like more questions came to you about this, that's a great spot for you to send us your questions for that And as always, right, we started this podcast to to help you think differently about your money so that you can make educated decisions and be able to take action on them, Alex.
1: Yeah. As a couple of the local managers of sports franchises talk about consistently, control the things that you can control.
0: Yep, absolutely. So we hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins,
1: cheers.
2: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon, 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License, number 15319412. CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License, number 7264699. CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2023153686. Expiration April 2025.